Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Real Producers Live. I am Lyndon Wilson, and I am the creator of the Difference Radio Live Streaming Podcast. Um, we're coming to you live today from the DFW area. We've got uh, uh, my uh, my host or the host of today's show is Rochelle Marie. She's going to be coming on in just a few seconds. First, I want to talk a little bit about what the difference is all about. We started The Difference a year ago to uh, spotlight, highlight, and bring attention to the local small businesses, entrepreneurs, real estate professionals, and the people that work so hard within our communities to make our communities what they are. And uh, we have grown the show now over 600,000 viewers in 2020. This year, we're adding new shows, and we're starting to focus more on regional areas. And so uh, we're going to be looking for people to be... uh, guests on our show um, to be spotlighted and highlighted as well. Uh, I'm really excited about the Real Producers Live show. There's been some exciting things that's gone on. Jordan Espeseth, um, he is uh, the owner of Real Producers here in the DFW area, has expanded that. I'm not going to get into that because I'm going to let Rochelle talk about that. Um, Jordan hosted a show last week. We're just now kind of rebranding and rebooting the show uh, because they went in, went through some growth and transition and uh, some exciting things. And uh, But uh, I'm going to go and bring Rochelle on now. Um, good morning. You're, uh, you're muted. Let's see if we can get that. Can you tell yeah. it's show number two for me? I'm still, <laughs> I'm still learning the ropes of this podcast thing. <laughs> you know, we talk, and we talked about this before the show, our, our whole focus, Rochelle, is to humanize who we are rather than commercialize. And there's nothing right. more human than being muted when you're not supposed to be. Anybody that's been on a Zoom call <laughs> at all in the last 12 months knows that that happens all the time. So yeah. uh, we are real not people. Either, so. <laughs> right. We are, we are real people. Uh, we make, uh, we're, we're definitely not media professionals, right? But we're just trying to get our, get the word and, and let people know what we're doing and, and how much we love our communities and how much we want to serve our communities. Right. And uh, having said that, I teed that up for you. Talk about real producers. First of all, tell everybody who you are, a little bit about how you got associated with real producers and then talk right. about real producers. Sure. Well, um, man, I just, I joined the team, London, back last fall, actually. So I don't think I can say I'm new to the team since it's the new year now. Uh, but I was actually introduced to Jordan from a top producing agent for our North DFW territory. And so Jordan and I started talking back then. And I just, I started hearing initially about real producers and the work they're doing in DFW through this top agent, shout out to Heidi Marsh. And uh, was super, super impressed to hear what he was doing. And uh, we started talking and to, to cut a, a little bit of a longer story short, I joined the team and it's just, it's been amazing, London getting to know the top agents, top businesses in the DFW area. And there's just been an explosion of growth. And uh, one of those new things is the rebranded podcast, which we're super excited about. Um, Man, I know I I wrote on my Facebook the other day that I know just many people wish they could be a fly on the wall, so to speak, in many of our meetings, uh, just, you know, hearing from these top agents and top businesses that myself, Lance and Jordan are meeting with weekly, uh, just to hear the wisdom, the advice, hear the inspiring stories that will just challenge you and just, man, you learn so much. And so we're just, we're super excited to be doing this podcast and letting people in on some of those meetings and just helping um, aspiring agents, people aspiring in the business to take their business to the next level. And also those, a part of our real producers community in the top 500, you know, that top one to 2% of agents and businesses. And so um, that's why we're calling it DFW's Real Estate Best, because that's what this podcast is about. And I'm certainly excited uh, with some of the best we have on the show today. You know, you just mentioned something and, and it, it's what I've learned over the last 18 months of doing the difference, but you, you, you use the word inspire. And as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, sometimes we get so caught up in doing our job every day that we, we don't really get to see what's going on in the outside world. And sometimes we have, we're faced with challenges and issues that we think are unique to us. We think that maybe I'm failing, maybe I'm not as good as everybody Mm -hmm. else. Cause when you watch social media, face it, 
you're seeing most of the time everybody's highlight reel. You yeah. really don't see the, the 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 battles that they're going through. Yeah. And so when we bring on some of the top level people, and this is what Real Producers is all about, what's great is getting to hear their stories of how they've mm -hmm. overcome some of the biggest yeah. challenges. And for those that are watching, that's inspirational, right? Because right. now you go, oh, you mean they're that good and they went through what I'm going through now? Yeah, exactly. All I have to do is keep pushing just one more day. Yeah. And sometimes that can make such a, and that's why we call it the difference. Sometimes that can make the difference and whether you quit today or you succeed tomorrow. Definitely. And I, I love one thing that Jordan says, um, Jordan Espeset, the owner and publisher, for those of you watching and may not know, one thing I love that he says about Real Producers, our magazine, but it's just about the core with everything we do. He says, you know, this, this is not a, this is not a break book. You know, hence the title, Real Producers. We are, we're about the real stories that got people to where they are. And as you mentioned, London, I mean, oh my goodness, the stories I hear literally almost every day. Every story is different, but it's just amazing hearing how people got to where they are, you know, in that, the top of their career, in that top right. 2%. And, you know, it wasn't just all fun and just woo, you know, just a, just a smooth, smooth sailing. <laughs> you know, there were challenges. And I was actually talking to one of our partners, uh, Wayne Salmons. He's a business coach for many top agents. And he was just sharing yesterday. You know, one thing he does with agents is just helping them, uh, you know, fight battles. You know, many of them are trying to fight battles that have already been won. And through learning through someone else, it can just make it so much easier. And you just, exactly. what you were sharing reminded me of that. And again, I think of the guests that we have on today and, and Marty, um, you know, one of the agents and her story, I know it's going to be inspiring. And so anyway. That's yeah. so cool. And you know, one of the things, and, and I'll do this and then let's bring the guest on, but I, I remember being a young entrepreneur and ashamed to talk about my challenges that mm. I was going through. And I wouldn't reach out to the people because I was too embarrassed. I'm like, right. maybe these are things I should know. And again, when, when we get to bring on people that, that you bring on and, and Jordan brings on and Lance coming on soon, um, and they talk about those stories, that's when mm. I started to realize as a young entrepreneur, I'm like, okay, so all of this is not unique to me. And, and you start mm -hmm. to feel like I can share my challenges because I trust these people, they're gonna they're gonna give me good advice, and I can I can push through another day. So and also, um, you know, it, it lets people know that they're not alone, and yeah, I think right. that's huge. And we're all about community; that you are not alone, you know. And I just I remember one thing, just quickly before we bring on the agent, that my mom would say to me growing up. She would say, you know, Rochelle, sharing the challenges that you've been through and just being open with other people, it creates a bridge almost for them to be able to cross over. And, you know, get, get freedom, find healing, you know, or whatever it is, taking their business to the next level. And uh, so I just, I see that, you know, it's exactly what you're saying that as people are real vulnerable, it just creates bridges for others and, and helps, helps the community. And so it's, it's really good. Absolutely. Well, I want to remind everybody that's watching today. Uh, we've got a couple of people that have uh, given a little heart symbol. They like what we're talking about. Um, we love your comments. If there's something you yeah. want to say, if you want to chime in, if you've got a question, uh, comment, please do that. That mm -hmm. uh, we, we love that. That helps keep our conversation going. Um, but now it's time to bring on your guest. So I'm going to let you introduce them and I'm going to bring them in and uh, we'll uh, we'll hear from them. Awesome. Well, um, let's first bring in Marty. Uh, Marty, let me see if I get her last name right. Voorhees. Am I getting it right this time? He's. Voorhees. Oh, I was even practicing before we came on, as you know. Voorhees. Marty Voorhees. Uh, Marty, you are with Dave Perry Miller, and you are five years in, solo agent, and you have made it to the top 500 for our Dallas territory. Yeah, and it's just, awesome. Congrats. I know. I mean, that's that's huge. And a part of our top 500, you know, we have agents with teams, but we also have solo agents like yourself. And when I hear it's a solo agent, you know, just rocking it themselves, I'm like, go you. That That's amazing. And, and five years again in. And I was actually uh, introduced to Marty through one of our partners, a Fair Texas Title. And we actually have the owner 
here with us today. And Marty, I hear a lot of agents and Britt, I'll let you know this too. Um, I hear from a lot of top agents that I meet weekly, just speaking highly about Fair Texas title and just recommending them. And uh, one of those agents obviously is, is here right now. So Marty, I'm gonna let you introduce Britt since you know him personally and also professionally. Well, thank you. Um, I would love to. Uh, Britt um, got his uh, economics BA from Princeton and then an MBA in finance from UT and started his uh, title career at Hexer Fair in 2005, I think. Four, 2004, yes. 2004. Right. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Hexter Fair was purchased or sold to um, American, American? First American. Nameless, faceless, big title. Started Fair Texas Title and has grown to 11 offices now. So they are killing it and just fabulous to work with. Um, Britt and I have kids in school together. That uh, he has twins and I have one and they're all seniors this year. Uh, he has a younger one and I have two older ones. And I also met Britt's sister Ellen when our boys were in pre-K. And I think it's funny that I didn't even realize that they were siblings until a couple of years ago. Small world. Yes, very small world. So it's neat. You guys knew each other before you were even in real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We our our boys um, back in middle school, I think, uh, did um, actually did Bible study uh, together. Uh, occasionally oh. meeting over at the Voorhees house, which I think is maybe the first time I met Marty was at her house for a, for a father son Bible study thing. And then I, what I do know for sure is that uh, her her husband uh, also coached the middle school that these boys play middle school baseball. And so uh, we were out there uh, on the baseball field quite a bit. Cool. So Marty, you can give us the inside scoop on Brit, right? <laughs> awesome. Well, I have to ask, before I jump into something here, I want to ask, Brit, I have to ask about your suit that I see on that promotional poster that was created wow. for the podcast today. I know Jordan was asking about that. He was like, man, that is a suit. And if anyone knows Jordan, you know, he loves his fancy suits for our events and such. So tell me well, about it. So as a proud Princeton alum, uh, I'll give a plug that one of the things Princeton people are good at is, is uh, flashing the orange and black. And uh so each five years at Princeton, when you go back for your big five-year, you know, five, 10, 15, 25 uh, year reunions, you get a new uh, beer jacket, they call it. And okay. uh, so that was the beer jacket from my 25th reunion a few years ago, a couple years wow. ago. Uh, and uh, probably wearing it, but how really inappropriate to wear the orange. Uh, occasionally, I got to throw, throw out a, a look like that. All right. So sorry, Jordan, if you are watching right now, you can't get Custom me made. Yeah. Specials, <laughs> uh, special suit there. <laughs> but I want to ask you guys. Um, so how has knowing each other personally uh, just affected the business relationship there? Um, and I know Britt just talking to you previously that just having this local presence, everyone living local, being connected in the community has been so important to you, um, a part of Fair Texas title. So I just even think of that yourself, involved in the community, knowing Marty, how, how does that affect business? Well, she's certainly somebody, you know, I mean, like I said, since, since I knew her and, and actually my sister also knew her before she got into real estate, um, we were both excited when somebody that we knew got into real estate and uh, as, as well as she has done, you know, one of our goals as a title company is to not just take, you know, like not just right. say, hey, give me all your deals and, you know, which we, we want to provide the, the finest closing experience in Texas. But in addition to that, we want to make sure we're adding value there. So we're trying to figure out ways to help clients like Marty, uh, you know, if she 
uh, host an open house or whatever, you know, maybe one of our people will go over and help sit there and, and just provide a, a second set of eyes or, you know, those kinds of things. I don't even know if open houses are, I mean, it's, we don't even get to open houses, anymore, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but that's kind of an example or, or farming support. And that's where actually uh, in Marty's case, uh, my sister Ellen, uh, who's one of our business development people, uh, really just comes alongside her and tries to to help her with her business. And so that's one of the things we want to do. And obviously we want to be good business partners and, and help Marty grow her business. Right, right. And I just, I love that. Um, just the thing you stressed to me when we had met before that, you know, you're not a national company, you're locally owned, everyone lives here, everyone's involved in the community. You know, it's not just a, a transaction business relationship. It's it's personal. And uh, people know you. And that's evident, obviously, uh, with Marty and being connected in there uh, with your team and group. Yeah, well, and, and again, Marty, uh, has just set set the world on fire coming in without being in in real estate before, and uh, so she's yeah. been a real dynamo. Well, and I'd love to talk about that, and this is the perfect time. What I found interesting with both of your stories is it seemed like both of you did some soul searching, you know, at one point in time, and Britt that led to you starting Fair Texas Title, and Marty that led to you just coming with, as Britt said, no personal background in real estate, um, but, you know, joining later in life. And so I would just, let's just briefly hear, because I think it's inspiring. Both of your stories are unique, but it's inspiring. And who knows, we might have some people who are doing some soul searching that are watching right now. Um, so Marty, why don't you just start here? You said you were 45 years sidetracked before <laughs> you got into real estate. Consulting. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I just always loved real estate and architecture from a very young age. I mentioned that to you. Um, and it was kind of a hobby to look at houses. And I spent a lot of time looking at houses. Um, but when I I think there was just something I I just knew inside that I really needed to do this. It, it seemed competitive. I didn't want to get involved because um, I was too old to get involved to uh, it was too competitive. I wouldn't be able to I didn't have the network. I just had all these uh, reasons to not do it. Um, but when I did so I'm actually like I'll be five years in um, November. And what I think is interesting is it's really hard when you when you first start to put yourself out there um, because I was like people know me as a mom they're not they're not going to want to me to sell their house um, they they don't think of me as a professional person um, and you really have to put yourself out there and I just worked really, really, really hard. Right. But I think it's interesting what Lyndon was saying about social media, because every time I look at social media, I get so stressed out. I almost like want to shut down because mm. um, it looks like everybody else is doing so great. And um, it's, it's intimidating. Um, if so, I think this podcast is interesting because everything with videos, I remember like two years ago, somebody was saying, it's all going to be video. People want to see videos. Um, and I actually really don't like doing videos. But <laughs> do them. And some people are like, oh, you love doing videos I see <laughs> all the time. Well, no, I don't like doing them. Um, but I, I feel like I'm doing the video not to promote me or it's not about me. It's about my client and it's about selling the house. Exactly. When when I'm able to to get past how I sound and what I look like and how dumb I'm going to be and I don't have anything to say and I'm doing it for to sell a house, I just put it out there and I never look at it again. I I I cannot watch my videos. I just put them out there. Right. And um and and sometimes I get really stressed out looking at social media and I decide I'm not going to look at that either. But a good way, I think, to use social media is to see what, you know, sometimes I look at what intimidates me and it's because I really like what that person's doing. And it's kind of a, you know, something you can emulate. We can learn from one another. 
For sure. And I just, um, thinking back to your story, you said, you know, talking about it was just something like a hobby. I remember you sharing about your childhood. And I think, you know, it's a question that they tell you to when you're going to find out what you what you should be when you're older, look at what you just naturally gravitated towards as a child. And I remember you telling me that instead of you know, drawing stick figures, you were drawing houses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, literally, you have to share that story of your parents, oh. how you guys were walking down the street and what they would do. Okay, well, we spent many a Sundays uh, driving around and looking at houses. Uh, I lived in Norman, Oklahoma. And we, I even at a really young age, liked to look at things that were still, you know, in the studs, like construction. So we would go look. And one of my very first memories is we were walking around this house and it, it looked like it was under construction. It was studs, but it was kind of, it was locked up. So they found a window and my parents raised the window and shimmied me in, in the window and said, go unlock the front door so we can come through. <laughs> I guess that's breaking and entering now. I don't know. Now you don't do that today with your clients, right? No. <laughs> no, no I've, I've grown up and I don't fit through a window. Well, anymore. you never know in this market, right? People are desperate. So, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was one of my first memories. And we looked at houses all the time. And the funny thing is, my daughter is about to graduate from architecture with an architecture major from Tulane and in her essay, she wrote about us looking at open houses on Sundays. So it's going down the generation now in the generations. And speaking that Brit, uh, title company is also in the generations for you. And hearing your story, you also came to that moment of decision. Why don't you share about that and a little bit of the history of your family? The fair last name is is well known in the DFW area, right? I I think so. Hopefully in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So so my father and grandfather were actually in the title business. had a had a family company for decades called Hexter Fair Title Company. So I grew up around it, and so in. in somewhat like Marty, you know, had these dreams, these dreams of title insurance, uh, except to, as a little kid, title insurance sounds like a nightmare. So it was really more of a nightmare type. Dream. So I avoided it thinking I wanted to not, I wanted to get into just about anything besides title insurance. Um, and what's funny is, so I thought I wanted to be an investment banker, went and tried that in New York for three months and hated it so much oh, no. that I came back. Um, so as I was looking for, you know, for my next sort of career, uh, my dad said, Hey, you know, this was in 2004, just come, we're, we're swamped. Come help us. You know, just we'll, we'll, you can, you don't have to stay. You can come and stay as long as you want. Um, and so that, you know, that's how people get sucked into the title business and never leave. It's, it's <laughs> hotel California. <laughs> uh, but, um, really had a great experience, learned the business. Uh, learned a lot about uh, uh, people, you know, enjoyed working with my dad, who was who was quite the, the legend. Um, and so then in 2012, he sold uh, Hexter Fair to a, a big national company. Uh, and I stayed on and, and ran that for uh, it turned out to be four years. Uh, and, and my dad had subsequently retired. Uh, and the, the interesting thing was I, I learned a lot during that four years about uh, kind of the company that my dad had created. And so I, I kind of missed that. I didn't want to work for the the big national, you know, trying to be the biggest or, or whatever. I wanted to be the the best here, the, the best local right. experience. And so that's that's why I uh, founded Fair Texas Title was I, I wanted to uh, just just sort of have that family feel again. And so that's, right. that's what we're going for, that, that employee focus, not necessarily focus on Wall Street and, you know, what they're going to ask us to do each quarter, but rather just focus on growing the team and, and taking care of good employees. And if I, if I have the best employees in the business, then they're going to take great care of the customer. So my key is right. to have the best employees and just make sure they're happy. Right. And I like that's one of the main things I hear when I meet with top agents weekly. What's important to them with the business they want to partner with locally owned. 
you know, I want to be able to talk to the owner if I need to. I want, uh, you know, someone who's involved in the community. And so I just thought it was amazing as I'm finding more about out about Fair Texas title and just hearing things through the grapevine, through other top agents. Uh, Marty, how important has that been to you as a top real estate agent with Fair Texas title? As, as Britt said, you know, his, his goal is not to be the biggest, but to be the best. And he just, he has that desire for a local family-like business. That's interesting. Um, because he just mentioned his employees and can I shout out to Ann Noonan? I mean, she is amazing. She's, she's <laughs> really, uh, you know, I can call her and count on her. I know it's in good hands. Nothing's falling through the cracks. Um, excellent communication. And so that's, I, I think, you know, when he says that he's, he's done that, he has really good employees who um, really know how to take care of our clients. And Nona does a really good job of making me look good. Yeah. <laughs> That's Martin. He's great. Um, you, do, you do a great job on your own too, but yes, yes, our, we do have a good team too. Thank you. <laughs> right. And now I want to talk a little bit more about the legacy, Britt. Um, I loved what you, you were sharing with me too. You said, you know, why, why did I use our last name? You know, part of the company, Fair Texas Title. Some of you watching might have noticed Britt's last name is Fair. <laughs> um, you said, you know, it's not an ego thing. But again, it goes back to the history, the legacy. Can we talk a little bit about that legacy that you're wanting to continue, that your dad, your grandfather uh, started in the DFW area? Well, sure. Well, again, to me, actually, you know, what's funny about that is um, I, I had a, a a person who was encouraging me to leave where I was working to start a, a new title company. And it had already been in my brain, but uh, uh, this woman was, was telling me saying, you, you need to go do that now. And I don't know what the name needs to be, but you need to make sure you have the name fair in it because mm. those of us who worked uh, at old Hexter fair and who really appreciated um the, the feel and the vibe and, and sort of, you know, just the, the value uh, sort of of that, uh, that family feel that we had. Uh, they, they appreciated that and felt that that had been lost uh, once, well, anyway, it had been lost yeah, uh, yeah. Through, through acquisition. And so um, anyway, so just finding a name, I, I, I said, okay, well, I got to find something with fair in it and, and really not as an ego thing for myself, although right. sort of a, maybe as a tribute to somewhat to my, to my dad and granddad who uh, had built such a great business of their own. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are big foot uh, footsteps to walk in or moccasins, whatever the saying is. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the team we've, we put together actually a lot of people that, uh, uh, I work with now, uh, actually used to work at, at Hexter Fair. I mean, Marty mentioned Ann Noonan. Uh, she's a great example of somebody who, who worked uh, worked there and then um, was looking for sort of that local feeling again. And so she she came over. And so uh, she and, and many others like her, we, we've really got great teams all across DFW. We have 11 offices now and uh, it's, yeah. just, it's just been great. But yeah, no, it's I laugh because it, it does sound kind of like an ego thing to try to put my name on everything. But dad um, and grand, uh, it's out of. I love it. I think it's just, um, I think it's really neat, actually, just thinking of the legacy and just honoring. It's a, it's a tribute. Yeah. It's a tribute, yeah. really, to yeah. them. Um, I want to jump in real quick because I, I love the family businesses. I mean, that's mm -hmm. our, our country has been built on family business. And unfortunately, um, as we progress, if we want to call it that, a lot of times the family businesses kind of get uh, swallowed up. And so, Brett, talking about that, and, and I really I, I'm, I, I get kind of chills when, you know, the fact that you wanted to use that and as a tribute, you know, and, and a reminder of, of where you came from and, and probably who inspired you. What is, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say one thing. I'm not going to say the thing because I know you learned a lot. What's one thing that you learned from your father and grandfather in business that is one of your fundamental principles okay. that you stick with today? For me, um, it's, we're a work family. You know, my, the, 
don't don't think of employees as people who you can boss around and put your thumb on and you know do those kinds of things but i mean it's it's a work family and so um what's funny is it's sort of i've worked in in other industries for really large uh companies and then after my dad sold or whatever and i i just feel like there is a special feeling for you know small business and and oftentimes you know sort of local geographic uh, scope businesses uh, that that allow for, you know, I, I get to go out and, and visit our offices, hopefully every couple of weeks or so I hit each one. And, you know, I, I know the employees that, uh, you know, we had a big uh, awards banquet this weekend and a, a lot of people were able to make it in person and, and it's fun to be able to see everybody and, and I know them and, and they know me and that's just sort of having that that bond with your, your teammates that, uh, you know, it's, it's really, uh, not the common thing. And frankly, you know, if, if we got, if we went nationwide or whatever, I think that would be hard for hard for me to right. do. <laughs> so. Yeah. Right. Can um, I even just, Oh, sorry, Lyndon. I just want one more because it's, yeah. it's, it's one of the, one of the things that are near and dear to my heart. One of the things that we've st stuck with on the difference, how important is it? because of the relationships that, that are so important to you with all of the people that work with and for Hextra Fair. And in the leadership aspect and you showing how important relationships are, how how does that translate to the people that work there and their relationships with people like uh, Marty? I mean, if in relationships are so important to you and that starts at the top, I mean, isn't it something that all the employees want to emulate and, and that helps you be that local relationship type business? Yeah, that, that that makes some sense. I hadn't thought of it that way before, but, you know, it's certainly, you know, what's what's uh, you want to treat others the way that you want to be treated or whatever. And mm -hmm. so I think the golden rule kind of concept makes perfect sense. And, you know, again, it, it's. Um, it, these are all relationship businesses. I mean, Marty's business is relationship business. My business is relationship business. Uh, internally, we have have relationships that we're trying to make sure everybody is uh, uh, feeling valued and those kinds of things. So, yeah, I think you're right that just people who value that aspect of their of their uh, professional experience uh, are going to be attracted to our company, but then are also going to want to build good relationships with our realtor partners, lender partners, you know, et cetera. And that's Absolutely. exactly uh, just a moment ago that was coming to my mind again, as I'm hearing from different top agents weekly about Fair Texas title, hearing you talk about your staff, it's family, they're known, you know, people by name. I think, you know, that is translating to the agents as well. You know, that they're not just a number to you guys, but like what I'm hearing from agents, they're known and, and they feel known. Mm -hmm by those at Fair Texas Title. And I just, I think that that's, that's amazing and so awesome. important. Thank you. I'm proud, yeah. of, I'm proud of that. I'm glad to hear that, but I'm, I'm, I'm certainly proud to, <laughs> proud to hear that because that's, that's the goal. We, I mean, it, again, it's not, again, I, I like to think of it this way is don't think of it as a file, you know, when, when Marty or, or another agent in another market or whatever has a transaction. I mean, these are people and these are people with something that is very important happening in their lives. And we, uh, as, as a title company, Marty, as a realtor, all have to understand that, you know, this is not a transaction or not just right. a transaction. These are, these are people. And, you know, it's, so it, it doesn't just go from title company to realtor and stop. Like we all have to understand that there are buyers and there are sellers and, and, these are real people. And, and again, back, that's back to Marty being active in the community and me being active in the, you know, it's not just to know each other, but it's also right. because we're, we're out there with the buyers and sellers who are going to, you know, we're going to be living our lives with every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, I wonder if we can shift gears here and let's talk about, um, you know, obviously relationship building as you're talking about and uh, you know people are known and it's not just a transaction but it, you guys are very relational both you Marty uh, with your real estate business and obviously you Britt but let's talk about some more keys to your success and when I was speaking with both of you previously one thing I heard was ongoing learning Marty how important has ongoing learning been to your rise of success being in the top 500 
I think it's it's everything. And I think um, ongoing learning also encompasses a lot of things um, because part of, of learning to speak to what we've been talking about is learning who you're, who who you can recommend and who your team is as a realtor because there it's it it is a it looks like it's a realtor but it's a realtor who's working with inspectors, right. lenders, um, you know all kinds of repair vendors, um, and it's important to network with those people and know who can assist you and who you can call on the weekends and. Um, things like that. So I, I consider that part of ongoing learning too, um, how and who to network with, but also with technology. Mm -hmm. We all need to be continuing to learn with technology the way it is, or, you know, just every generation. Um, I kind of thought my parents were um, out of date when they, you know, with computers and stuff, but now we are with, if you don't know TikTok, I mean, you've got a so I think and, and even with the technology in terms of now I've started doing some videos, but is there, you know, technology that makes them better audio? And so there's all kinds of that. That's not even to speak to the ongoing learning with um, legal and, you know, things directly related to our CE or continuing education. So I think it's everything. Now, Britt, one of the things, um, you know, just again, learning about you guys is you have specific tools and resources. And one thing you're passionate about is ongoing learning and equipping uh, the real estate agents that you guys partner with uh, okay. and just to yeah, help them be even more so an expert in the real estate market. Uh, would love to hear from you more about that. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that our um particularly our business development people, like I, we mentioned, uh, Marty has a relationship with my sister, Ellen Terrell. And, um, but we have, each office has uh, a, a business development person or two who are really consultants in a way. Um, because cool. one of the things we want to do is make sure we are adding value, providing those tools that will help our agent partners like, like Marty grow their business or do their business correctly. You know, I mean, again, some people uh, who are, you know, Marty's now been in it for years, but you've, you've got some people who are starting brand new that we're hoping are going to eventually be good producers. So we're, we're trying to train them on, you know, what is title insurance or what is a contract? And, and obviously there's ongoing legal CE things. Uh, but then um, we have tools such, you know, the example I give is, is a farming type tool, right? Where hmm. some people don't know how to find um, farming, you know, to farm a certain neighborhood, you know, maybe it's the, the neighborhood where they live or, or where they go to church or, or where their kids go to school. And so they don't know how to get the addresses or how right. to uh, build postcards and mailing programs or door knocking programs and, and those kinds of, of, of marketing plans. Uh, so those are, those are really, uh, you know, and and again, some people don't want that. Some people don't need that. They already know, and and that's okay. We come up with with other uh, other tools of hopefully, you know. I mean, there's there's one that is kind of funny. I learned I learned about this one about five years ago, um, where and and again, we really haven't used it much. But this is a great example of a tool, um, and that is it's so creepy to think about. But uh, <laughs> you got me curious now. You do this, but. Uh, we were told about this tool where you can basically comb the death records and the divorce records for a given county, say, uh, figuring that those uh, those <laughs> uh, events oftentimes lead to home sales. Now, you know, again, that's just an example of a tool that is out there that has not been one right. just because we haven't really wanted to to delve into kind of, you know, that, that world, but it's just stuff like that that you don't even think about right. uh, that exists. And so our salespeople have these, have ideas back there in the back of their head. So that when somebody says, Hey, you know, I, I wish I knew, you know, how to find this information, our people go, Oh, you know, actually there is a source. Uh, and, and so anyway, it's just, it's, it's funny, all the things out there that people think about or, uh, you know, and, right. and then all of a sudden can be translated over to, 
to a training tool. Right. So I love that. You're not only equipping and working with those that are in the top 500 uh, for real estate agents like Marty in the DFW area, but you're also just working with those aspiring top 500 agents and those new in the business that maybe just need some more uh, specialized equipping like you're yeah. talking well, about. I mean Five years ago, Marty was the, was that new agent. Now she's a top producer, but I mean, it has taken a lot of hard work and on her part. Um, but yeah, there's there's always new people joining who, right? Uh, you know, who who search who looked at houses when they were little kids, and uh, uh, you know, it just so so. Yes, we're we're constantly trying to build that relationship, and and one of the ways we do it is is through uh, through training and equipping these these agents. That's great. I love the focus on that. Now, one thing, Britt, you were telling me is that you get a lot of people coming to you asking about finance and economy forecasting. And uh, you said, I, you know, I try to provide ideas for people to think about that are not reading the Wall Street Journal every day. And so I'd love to hear from you talking about ongoing learning. Let's uh, have some ongoing learning right here. Um, well, what's moving the economy? I don't I don't have my little beanie with the propeller on it right now. So I can't, I can't tell you exactly where interest rates are going or anything like that. But you know, like here's here's an example. Um, just trying to, you know, like I said, I, I do follow this nerdy stuff because I just enjoy it. Um, but here's an example. So there's obviously all this talk uh, about, you know, is there going to be an infrastructure bill passed, and you know, and everybody gets tired head thinking about like, because all it's just so complicated and nobody really knows what's going to be in it or not in it. But um, one of the things that really hasn't been talked about much, at least certainly not in real estate circles, has been um, if you rewind back about four years when uh, President Trump and Congress passed the, the tax cuts of 2017, one of the things that they did was they limited the deductions on your federal return for the taxes that you paid for state and local taxes, right? Hmm. Uh, they call that S the SALT, state and local taxes. So, so basically property taxes, as a big example in Texas, you used to be able to write off the entire amount of your property taxes, but now that is limited to about $10,000 uh, or to exactly $10,000. And so what's interesting is, so for homes under say half a million dollars or so, that really doesn't matter because your property taxes ended up being about $10,000 if you're, if you're buying a less than, less than $500,000 house. But for homes that are being sold for more than $500,000, you know, and especially when you start talking about million dollars or multi-million dollar houses, you're talking about a lot of property tax. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that is likely to happen in this year's tax law changes is that the congressmen from expensive places like New York and California and New Jersey are going to insist that they roll back the rules hmm. um, to allow people to write off the entirety of their state and local taxes uh, on their federal tax return. So what that means is that luxury agents, and Marty being a great example of this, uh, who, who sell a lot of uh, high-end properties and, buy, and help buyers buy a lot of high-end properties, right. are going to have to be paying attention to uh, what happens with that? Because all of a sudden that becomes a large nut every year. If you can, you know, all of a sudden, if there's tens of thousands of dollars, right. you're going to get on a deduction that you don't get today because of that cap that was put in place. So right. that's a perfect example of a very nerdy topic that nobody's really paying attention to. But <laughs> it seems pretty much like a foregone conclusion that, that they're going to, you know, it's such a close, vote that the Democrats in Congress are going to have to sort of give in to mm -hmm. the ends of each uh, mansion in uh, West Virginia used to be a, uh, and you have these congressmen in New, New York and New Jersey that are uh, that, that are going to be demanding the repeal of this uh, limitation on the state and local tax deduction. So mm -hmm. anyway, that's a perfect example of nerdiness at heart. Marty, are you taking notes there? <laughs> 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 yeah, um, Marty. Any along that vein there? Um, again, just knowing Brit's expertise, uh, just really being in the know uh, for economic and just finance forecasting and things specific to real estate. Any questions you have for him, Marty? Oh boy. Um, well, that was a 
nice little tidbit there. Um, I will say uh, every time Brett comes to speak at our office, it is a full house. So, but you know, I just, I think everybody's really interested in hearing about that and, and what's going on with the market because we have um, such tight inventory, but I think there's so much talk about the tight inventory. It's making people think they shouldn't put their house on the market because they're not going to be able to find another house to buy. Right. Um, and that's, that's really not the case. Um, there are homes to buy. Um, so, but my, I, I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Brett? Yeah, that is the challenge. I mean, it, you, you are correct that, uh, would, would I rather be a buyer today or a seller today? You know, I think it's pretty clear I'd rather be a seller today, but you are also correct that most sellers are also buyers. And so uh, that remains the biggest challenge for people, uh, uh, you know, who are trying to represent buyers or represent sellers is figuring out how do you balance those challenges? Obviously, if you have a uh, somebody who's an empty nester, who's going to go find their uh, retirement home or a condo or something. Okay. Well, it's a little bit easier for them to, uh, uh, to make that decision to sell. But Marty is right. You, uh, she and, and agents like that, that is one of the thoughts they're having to put is sort of the two transaction uh, thinking rather than just one, because this is, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's one big event, right? This move from house A to house B, but trying to get the timing just right. I mean, is, is a real, challenge for for agents right now and speaking I of question. i thought of a question Britt, okay. what do you think about um we're seeing so many um offers over asking um and how that's affecting appraisals and comps wow um well the real answer is that uh, so first of all i am a free market kind of guy right so uh to me the house is worth what somebody will pay for it and that's, you know, I know that that's not how banks look at it, but that's my, my approach. So, but you're always going to have, especially right now. what's that? Good approach, especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you're always going to have this lag effect, right? Where uh, when prices are rising, it takes 90 days or whatever to sort of get, get the process going to where, you know, a transaction that got under contract yesterday that's next door, and maybe it's a house that's exactly the same as as your house uh, that you're trying to sell. Well, it's really hard to use that as a comp because you don't officially have that information, right? And and so uh, and 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 appraiser guys are you know who are coming out you know aren't going to use that. So it, there's this lag effect, and so when you have a rising price uh, situation, it's always going to be this challenge of getting the home to appraise, even though I just said the fair market value is what these people are willing to pay. And you're always, or not always, but most of the time you are accepting the, the highest offer or close to the highest offer. So that's an ongoing challenge. I mean, frankly, I, I'm really glad we, uh, the, the real estate industry added that uh, appraisal addendum a few years ago to really help agents um, make sure that they're all on the same page on what happens on appraisal issues. Uh, because uh, it obviously we're having a lot of appraisal issues because appraisals are trying to to, to keep up with what the, the market realities are. Awesome. Well, Lendon, what are you thinking over there? I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to talk to Brent more. I mean, can we go, can we, I, I wish we, I wish we had more than 10 minutes left. Do you because, have a propeller uh, hat? That's why I want to talk to you. That's what I want to talk to you. I mean, there's, I think I was talking to, uh, to Marty earlier and I just think that this is, you know, I've been around real estate for 18 years and, Kind of similar story to hers. Um, as a young boy, I wanted to be a real estate agent. I thought they were the the most glamorous, sophisticated, educated. I mean, I just I I respected real estate agents so much. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and then I wanted to be a pro football player, and that didn't work out at all. Um, ended up going into mortgage, but being around this as long as I have. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I, I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? Where does this where does this go? I, I mean, is this a, is this a bubble, or is this going to be just the transition that we're going Good through question. now, and 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 things are going to uh, to to be like this for a while? Is that for me or Marty? That's for you. Okay. 
Well, uh, my crystal ball. So, so keep in mind this reset. Well, keep in mind for the last few decades, we've had this nice uh, relocation effect happening here in North Texas, right? Of people moving here from uh, internationally, but also domestically, just uh, lots of places across the country. And this most recent pandemic uh, induced recession has really um, what I consider shaking the tree, right? You've had people in California hanging on by their fingernails to this tree, uh, you mm -hmm. know, trying to say, my life is here in California. I'm just going to hang on. I know expenses and taxes and all this stuff. And then when the tree gets shaken, some of these people are going, all right, why am I even hanging on anymore? This is why it's not worth hanging on. And so they've decided, you know what, I'm going to get out of the tree and I'll go relocate to, and it's not just Texas, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Arizona's gotten a lot, Nevada's gotten a lot, Texas, Florida. Um, so that is a huge driver of, of, you know, this, the price increases. And certainly that is not something that is just a, you know, going to, when 2021 ends, all of a sudden we're not going to have that reload anymore. We, we remain very attractive to Californians, New Yorkers, Illinois, New Jersey. I mean, lots of these really expensive places. We're not super cheap anymore. We're sort of middle of the pack. Uh, so we're less expensive, less inexpensive than we were before, but we're still relatively inexpensive when you compare ourselves to those places. Right. And so uh, you combine that with the super low interest rates that we've had over the last year. And yeah, you're going to get price increases. So what eventually happens is that interest rates are going to normalize and that is code word for they are going to go up, right? I mean, they can't, they can't stay this low forever. Right. Uh, I don't know what that means exactly other than directionally they will go up. And when interest rates go up, uh, that, that reduces uh, the rate of increase of prices. It could possibly even cause some price decreases depending on the magnitude of the interest rate rises. Um, but meanwhile, that will be buffered by the people still coming here from out of state. And so I think in the long run, you'll have these two competing forces of rising interest rates, sort of putting downward pressure on prices, but people continuing to move here, having upward pressure on prices. So they're kind of effectively at some point, prices are going to moderate because right. of interest rate rises. I don't think that it's going to pop a bubble, so to speak, because I don't really think this is a bubble. Uh, but I do think that it's going to cause prices to moderate, maybe drop slightly, maybe just slow down their rate of growth. Um, what it is going to do, however, is when you think of, and again, I, I love picking on California. First of all, I love yeah, California. It's, it's a great place. It's a great place to visit, but I'm, uh, I'm glad right. I'm uh, here in Texas. But, you know, eventually rates rising in California and the mass exodus of people away from California becomes a real problem in a place like that, right? When you have that yeah. combination. Uh, so I won't say that I, I'm as bullish on housing in these high, these expensive places like California or like New York or like Chicago, uh, where there is this mass exodus happening. So right. I feel really good about how things are going here in, in Texas uh, and feel bullish about the future. I don't know that we're going to have, you know, 10 to 10 plus percent price increases every year. And frankly, I, I hope it moderates just from a affordability standpoint, but I feel really good about where we are in Texas. Well, Lyndon, yeah. I'm sure you're... Oh, sorry. sorry. Hey, Britt, what do you think about the, uh, we have such price increases on, you know, everything building related. What mm -hmm. do you think that's going to do 12, 18 months down the road with new construction? Well, I, I think a lot of that stuff is temporary. You know, we've had a lot of disruptions. I mean, think of, I mean, the, the most recent, recent example, which is a little bit funny, was the whole Suez Canal thing and the crazy driver <laughs> getting the ship stuck. Um, but but more importantly to, to our industry or to the building industry was what was going on in California with the, the dock workers uh, or, you know, it was a sort of think of social distancing on the docks. Well, that's not possible, right? So the, the dock workers were not able to work as fast as they could because they were, you know, not fully open and doing distancing and whatever. So you had all these ships waiting their turn off, uh, you know, in the Pacific ocean out there. And so the, the uh, ability to get 
raw materials from, you know, places like China and wherever all we're getting them. Uh, and, and the ability to, uh, that, that has just been one example of a temporary uh, change in the, um, in the ability to get raw material. So I think a lot of that sort of eases over time uh, and maybe through the end of this year, maybe we'll get back to normal on a lot of that stuff. You know, I'm not sure on lumber. Most of that lumber uh, isn't coming through ships. So, you know, it's coming a lot of it from Canada. And, and so anyway, we'll, we'll have to see on how that goes, but it's certainly uh, because builder costs have gone up, existing homes have sort of allowed that ceiling of growth to continue to rise as well. So I do think that will dissipate when we sort of get back to post pandemic normal, whatever that looks like. Well, I am sure that we could just continue talking here, but unfortunately, we are at the close of the show. Um, Lendon, I think there's a lot of people thinking the same thing as you. I wish we had more time to, to hear from Britt. And so um, I just encourage I want to hear from Marty. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting to Marty next year. Um, and so, man, those of you that are watching, Britt, how can they get in contact with you? Because as Marty was sharing, when you come to share to their offices, she was saying it's a packed house. And I'm sure there's other people watching that are like, I need to, to pick Britt's brain. I want yeah. to come to our office. So how do they get in touch with you? Well, the easiest way to reach me actually, oddly, is by email, uh, which is my first initial last name, bfair at fairtexastitle.com. Uh, I'm happy to give my cell phone. I just I'm on so many calls and whatnot that it's it's hard to return as, you know, return them as, as timely. If so sometimes visually is a little bit easier, but my cell number in case anybody needs it is 972-333-FAIR. That's uh, 972-333-3247. Speaking of legacy, you said your dad was known for that too, given yeah. his personal cell phone. I love I it. I hear that story all the time. Oh, I used to call your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, loved, loved hearing more about Fair Texas title getting to know you more, Britt, and I'm sure there's others watching that are thinking the same. And Marty, same to you. And going back to your question to, to Britt, you know, for, uh, you know, buyers and sellers and low inventory, you just need to find the right agent. That would be part of my, uh, my answer there. And speaking of right agent, you need one that's well-connected and a good networker. And hey, that speaks right to uh, some of your success that has led you to being in the top 500. Just, you know, hearing you talk the other day about the importance of being connected. And so just amazing hearing from you, hearing your story. It's never too late, is it? You know, if someone feels they've gotten sidetracked from the dream that they feel that has been in their heart since young, it's never too late to go for it, is it? No, never too late. Never too late. And um, yeah, just super inspiring just to see where you are five thank years you. in. Where are you going to be next year? So anyway, thank you both being on the show here today. And Marty, how do people get in touch with you? Um, my number is 214-870-6864. Uh, call, text, or email at marty at daveprimiller.com. Awesome. And if those of you watching, you might notice we have it scrolling on the bottom of the screen. So feel free to rewind back for Britt's contact or Marty's. Lendon, uh, I'm going to throw it to you. Well, uh, for your first show, I'm, I'm Jordan's got his hands full now. Okay. So Jordan's got a little experience, but I, I'm, I'm going to jump on him today. I'm going to say, bud, you got to up your game. Cause Rochelle, she can do it. You did great. Um, love the show, Brett. Great meeting you, Marty. Great meeting you as well. I, I, I love the experiences and the insight yeah. and the stories that you shared with the audience today. Um, and, you know, I, I hope that a lot of people contact you because um, you're, you're you're the people that are making the difference in the communities, and we appreciate you being on the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you. For All right. So, with that, I guess we will close out. Next week, we have Lance Donahoe. He's going to be hosting, and uh, I guess he'll have to be ready too for his first one. But uh, he'll have to <laughs> take notes from Rochelle. But anyway, well, we'll and see thank everybody. all of our partners too. You know, just Absolutely. want to say that. Right. Um, there's so many people that make the real producers happen. We're so thankful for those agents, those businesses that are part of our community. So thank you to everyone. And uh, certainly to Jordan Espeseth, if you're watching, owner and publisher of our DFW territories. And of course, Lendon with the difference. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I will see you in a couple of weeks. And make sure to tune in next week for Lance.